Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Give the Lord a praise, everybody. Come on, that's it. Give him a praise like you love him. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah anyhow. Come on, that's it. Give the Lord some praise. about hallelujah, Jesus? Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody give him some praises. Give the Lord some praises in the house. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Hey, we bless you. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. Thank you. Come on, somebody. Give him some praises. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless him. We bless him. We bless him. We bless him. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits towards me. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. I'll bless him when things are going good. I'll bless him when things are going bad. I'll bless him when I have pain in my body. I'll bless him at all times. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Put those hands together. And tell the Lord, thank you. Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Before you be seated, Father, we bless you. We thank you, but just for who you are in our lives. We thank you for your presence, Lord, your overcoming presence. Your presence that overcomes every opposition that's sent to hinder what you want to do. We thank We thank you right now, God, for you being here in the room. We thank you, God, that you have a plan for us on today. We believe you, God, that you're going to do those things that you desire to do in our lives. We give ourselves over to you right now. We ask you that you would have your way here, God. Bring every heart and every mind subject to what you want to say and do in this room. We pray for a release of your Holy Spirit here. God, the lives will be touched, delivered, and set free by the power of your Spirit. We give this service into your hands right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen and amen. Come on, put those hands together and tell the Lord, thank you. Glory to God. You may be seated if you can. Amen. Praise God. How many of you love the Lord on today? How many of you love him? Amen. Praise God. We certainly love the Lord on today and we thank God for his presence in the room. We thank God for praise and worship. Give the Lord a praise. Amen. God. 
Give him a praise. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Praise the Lord. We thank God for praise and worship on today. We thank God for that powerful prayer uh, uh, on this morning. Amen. We just love God. And I don't know about you, but we're just trying to do everything we can to give God glory. Amen. Praise God. I, I don't know about you, but when I purpose in my heart that I'm going to glorify God, you know, I don't worry about distractions. Amen. I just, I'm just going to praise God. Amen. God knows how to weave his way through distractions and get glory out of my lives. Amen. Somebody ought to lift your hand and say, God, you get glory out of our lives. Amen. We bless the Lord on today. We thank God for our musicians. Come on, give the Lord a praise for them. And then we thank God for those of you that are online with us on this morning. You thought it not robbery. Amen. To join in with us on today or service. We are looking for the Lord to do some great things in the room on today as always. Not just because I'm preaching, but because he has a purpose for us on today. So we are believing the Lord Amen. To have his way in this place on today. Amen. Are you blessed today? Are you blessed? Can I, can I get some talk back today? Look at your neighbors and learn how to talk back. Now, I'll say that in service now. Otherwise, you know, you, you, you know. Amen. Praise God. Sometimes it's good to talk. But you realize sometimes when you talk back, it helps the preacher. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, bless the Lord. Okay, it looked like I'm just going to have to go this by myself on today. Amen. Praise God. But that's all right. We're going to go into the word of God. You that have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Luke. The 10th chapter. I guess you said, how, how long more are we going to be in Luke? That's all right. We're going into Luke, the 10th chapter. We are going to start at the 30th verse on today. Amen. Very familiar passage of scripture that God has been speaking to us concerning for the last several weeks, month and a half or so. And uh, um, we want to go in there today to see if God can um, continue to speak to us. Amen. Luke 10 and 30 says, And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Some folk don't care about anybody. Amen. They rob you, beat you up, and leave you to die. Amen. Look at what the word of God said. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he, had, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, it came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bounded up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to the inn, to an inn, and took care of him. 
And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, take care of him. And whatever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, he that showeth mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do likewise. I, I, I know we've been hearing this story for quite a while now, but I want to just go someplace inside of this that hopefully it will help us as we continue to move into the heart of God. How many of you want to move into the heart of God? You want to live there. I think it was Peter said this. Peter said it. I think Paul said this also. Paul Peter said, I don't hesitate to put you in remembrance of these things. There are certain things that God speaks to us. It's okay for them to be repeated. Amen. Have anybody ever had to repeat something to somebody more than one time? Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, you didn't feel bad about it. You felt that it was necessary. So sometimes it's necessary for God to repeat certain things to us because he wants to make sure that we understand the importance of what he's trying to say. Um, I want you to get your Bibles also and turn with me to Psalms, the 37th chapter. And uh, we're going to read the 37th verse. Psalms 37, 37. And it says, mark the perfect man and behold the upright for the end of that man, man is peace. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright for the end of that man is what? Peace. Uh, I want you to look at, at uh, 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 the word on today because I, I feel that God wants to really speak to our hearts. And as, as we share this word on this morning, uh, one thing I, I learn about God in my ministering is a lot of times as we are ministering to others, we also are ministering to ourselves. And I believe that God wants us to hear a word on today that will challenge us inside of our walk with God. Let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever said in your lives as a believer, I want to please God? I, I believe that if I were to take a poll on this morning, I would get 98, 99, hopefully 100% that would say, I want to please God. Amen. I, I believe that that's why we come to church, get up out of our beds and come to church on Sunday morning because somewhere down on the inside, we feel that it's pleasing God for us to do that. Amen. So I, I, as we um, embrace that truth for ourselves, I also want us to look into our lives as believers. Have anybody ever stopped just to take inventory of your lives? Like the Bible tells us to let a man, what, examine himself. Sometimes in the midst of your desire to please God, sometimes it's good to stop and examine yourself and see if there's any area of my life that is coming up short. You, you, you know, if I want to please 
God, I also want to know if there's any area that, God, am I coming short in this area? A a am I really satisfying you? In you, you, you because I, I don't want, and let me say this, I don't want to get before God and hear him say, depart. But God, I, I went to church. He said, depart. But, but God, I, I sang on the praise, but depart. Come on. So sometimes it's good for us to stop and take inventory of our lives and see, God, is there any area that I'm coming up short? Is my prayer life where it ought to be? I'm not asking for answers today. These are just, you know. Am I coming up short? The Bible says men ought what? Always to pray. I want to please God. Okay. You need to stop sometime and say, am I really? Oh, oh we, can, we can say, okay, I, I please God this week because I got up and I went to church on Sunday morning. <laughs> okay. When God pulled you to the side and said, Kofi, I need some time with you. But God, I, I got to do this. I got to do that. How many of us can say, I'm pleasing God in my prayer life? Or, or am I pleasing God inside of my patience? Maybe if you're coming short in patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, Y'all so looking at me, sort of funny. I mean, you still want to please him. When you come to certain conclusions in your life as it relates to what you want to do, what your intentions are, and what your plans are, uh, you need to have a measuring stick to determine if you are doing what you want to do. Okay? Because we can, oh my God, I, I can remember growing up in the church and the, and the, the music gets good and, and, the, and it, it's the presence of the Lord is there and the tears begin to flow down. My, oh God, I want to please you. Oh God. God, I want to honor you. God, I, I want you to have your way in my life. And that's good. But then sometimes, how many of us, after we say that, we begin to look in our lives and say, okay, God, what are those areas? See, because the crying is not the thing that pleases God. It's our actions inside of the situations of our lives that pleases God, and that's where we need to look. Do I, am I having a problem with forgiveness? Look at your neighbor and say, do you have a problem with forgiveness? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going, I'll just, I'll go past that. When we look in scripture, okay, I want you to look as we take a synoptic view of scripture and many of the patriarchs in scripture. 
Many times we can also look inside of the body of Christ. <laughs> and ask yourself, is there anybody that's doing what I desire to do? Okay. I want to please God. I want to, I want to learn how to forgive, but I'm, I'm having some struggles there. I, I, I want to, uh, uh, my prayer life to honor God, but I'm having some struggles there, okay? Look inside the scripture and see if there's anybody there that have conquered that area. <laughs> or sometimes look throughout the body of Christ and see if there's anybody that have overcome and conquered those areas that you desire. Can I share a truth with you? If anybody can, all of us can. Okay. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if anybody can, all of us can. But there are times when we need to just look at, the Bible says this in one of my scriptures, take the Bible says what? Mark the what? Perfect man. <laughs> Mark the one that has reached spiritual maturity in certain areas of their lives. God, I'm having some struggles with this love thing that you've been talking about. And, and, and God, I, I can't seem to overcome when folk do me wrong. But I, 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 I look at coffee and I see coffee. He, he, he looks like he's got this thing conquered. <laughs> Sometimes we need to look and say, okay, now, what it is that he's doing that I'm not doing. Mark. The perfect man, the one that have reached spiritual maturity. <laughs> Whether we realize it or not, somebody is doing it right. Okay. Come on. Oh, we can, oh, but, but God, it's, it's so hard. God, you don't know. God, that, that's, you, you, you know, you don't, you, they, they did this, and it's so hard. And sometimes it may be hard, but let me share something with you. Somebody have conquered the very thing that you are struggling with today. Come on. And again, if anybody can, we all. Mark the perfect man. We should always be willing to learn from somebody else. You don't realize there are people that God put in your lives. Oh, 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 God. There are people that God put in your lives so that you can learn some things from them. Okay. Let me show you something here now. That can go two ways. You can learn sometimes what not to do. 
but you can also learn what to do. There are many instances in my life, Sernette, that I have uh, 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 entertained individuals and entertained situations that I've learned what not to do. Have, you, have any of you ever seen somebody do some things that may have been uh, 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 in your arena of experience, but because they did this this way, you said, no, I'll never do. So at times you learn what not to do. Okay. Right now, there are things that I've learned in my ministerial journey that I say I will never go down that route. You, 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 you understand what I'm saying? Because I've learned some things what not to do. But just as truthful as that is, there are also some things, Michelle, that I've learned by watching other folk. That's, I, I, I need to do that. I need to put that in my repertoire. If it works, it works. Come on. Let me, let me sort of digress here, if I may. Because I want us to see here, God has always <laughs> made an effort to allow us to understand the things that make him happy. Okay? God does not leave us in the blind, Peter, in our walk with God as it relates to God, what, what, how do I please you? What, that God makes an effort throughout Scripture to let us know the things that make his heart happy. Okay. You said, I want to please God. Then, okay, God, you, you've shown me throughout your word the thing that makes you happy. And, and, and as, as, if you spend time in scripture, you will see certain patterns in scripture that repeats itself to let you see these are some of the traits and characteristic traits and tendencies that makes God happy. Okay. Trust makes God happy. It makes God happy when we trust him. <laughs> the Bible says in, I think it's Proverbs, the third chapter, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, said what? Trust in the Lord with what? All thine heart and do what? Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, what? Acknowledge him and you I mean, you still want to please God. Learn how to trust God. Trust God. You may be going through some situations and circumstances in your life that's not panning out like you want them to. Trust God. God, I want to please you. Trust God, put your 
yourself in a place. Let me share something with you. One of the greatest lessons that God had endeavored to teach mankind throughout scripture has always been to trust him. Trust him. God has already, I, I got your back if you just learn how to trust me. If, if you just realize that I am God, I'm bigger than anything that you will ever encounter. Just trust me. Don't get so bent out of shape that you feel that you're in this by yourself. Trust me. Obedience. Look at your neighbor and say obedience. Obedience is one of the things that God says, this makes me happy. <laughs> you say, it's better to what? Obey than to what? Sacrifice. Remember when Saul went through his period of darkness? I'm talking about the king Saul. Now, I'm not talking about Saul in the New Testament. And he disobeyed God by taking things from captivity that he should not have taken. And then to the point now, well, I'm going, I'm going to please God, so I'm going to offer a sacrifice. Listen, listen. You can't cover up disobedience by, oh, God, here, here, this, is, this is for you. God said, no, when you've been off seeing disobedience, everything else you're doing right now is negated. So I went before uh, uh, um, Samuel. Samuel said, what is this thing that you have done? I've sacrificed. Samuel said, wait, wait a minute, Saul, listen. God's heart is for you to obey more so than this. This sacrifice that you've done don't mean nothing to God. Come on. The Bible says he, if you be what? Willing and what? Obedient. You shall do what? Eat the good of the land. And, and, and I'm just going through some of these things so that we can see here that God does not leave us in the blind as relates to doing those things that please him. We can get caught up in a whole lot of the external activities, calling ourselves pleasing God, when God said, what I'm looking for is a heart that trusts me. I'm looking for a heart that is obedient to what I say inside of my word if you want to please me do it my way I don't care what it is that you're struggling with I don't care what it is that you're struggling with there's somebody that have conquered in those areas now, let me show you something. It does not mean that they've conquered in all the areas. 
I remember Paul saying this in Philippians, the third chapter, Paul, after Paul was talking about uh, uh, his heart's desire to please God and how he was willing to count everything but dung, that he might win Christ and be found in him, not having his own righteousness, but the righteousness with, by the faith of Jesus Christ and all of these things. You know, Paul said all of these things. And then Paul went on to the 12th verse of the Philippians, the third chapter. He said, um, not as though I have attained... Neither am I already perfect, but what? I follow after. Paul said at another place, he said what? Follow me as I follow Christ. Paul said, now there, there's some things that I have overcome. He said about There are some areas of my life that I've conquered in my walk with God. Follow those things. Follow it. I want you to follow those things because, you know, sometimes it's good to say, um, Gary. <laughs> I see you, 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 man, you got, you got it together in this area over here. You got it together in this area. You know, tell me, tell me, tell me, how, how do you do it? What, what, what is it that you do? Mm -hmm. What is it that you do? How is it that you stay at peace when it seems like Everything around you is always in an uproar. I still see you at peace. I, 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 when I watch you, I don't ever see you getting upset. I'm not saying this about you now, Gary, but I'm just using this as a... I saw Shun, I sort of looked up at him. <laughs> How is it that you can maintain that level of peace? Have you ever watched somebody and, say, and see them uh, uh, deal with situations in a, a good way and say, I want that. I want, I want that. I, I want to be able to do that. God put examples in your life so that now you can realize that if they can do it, I can also. God has always sought <laughs> to have a people or his creation to be a reflection of himself. Okay, he's all, that's, that has always been the heart of God. And, and, I, and I want you all to embrace that with everything within you. That has always been the heart of God from the beginning of creation. God has always sought a people that will be a reflection of himself in the earth. Okay, that is all that has never changed from Adam and Eve until now. God has always sought to have a people that will reflect his character, his love, his forgiveness, his patience, his care 
for souls. That's, that has always been God's heart. Now, I want you to see something here now because when we look at that, I want you to see. The Bible says in Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says, and, that, and God said, let us what? Make man what? In our image and what? After our likeness. Now, that is not just a, 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 a just statement that have no essence. The fact of that statement now being said, let the image and our identifies heart of God for humanity. When you talk about image, you're talking about the capability uh, to be like somebody else if i make you in my image i'm making you with the capabilities of being like me so god said when i made man from the dust of the earth i, I placed in him the ability to be just like me god said that has what changed I said when i look at you peter i want you to be just like me i want to see a reflection of myself when i look at you sean I want to see a reflection of myself. Now, since that is true, God said, I've given you the capabilities to do that. You have the ability to be just like him. Look at your neighbor. And said, neighbor, I can be just like God. Okay. Let me let me give you let me give you my subject. I didn't even give you my subject. Oh, y'all see it on the on the board. Doing what pleases God. <laughs> now let me share this with you. There are many individuals throughout Scripture even throughout life, that have accepted the challenge, Peter, that have accepted the challenge, Jimmy, <laughs> to be just like God. There are many that have accepted the challenge and an endeavor to do everything they can to please God. Now, I, I, I need you to see this because Sometimes the reason why we don't do it is because we don't accept the challenge down on the inside to do it. There are many, we have a historical account of many individuals that when they were challenged by their flesh, when they were challenged by the status quo, they made a decision that I'm going to please God instead of following what everybody else is doing. Even at the expense of being ridiculed, at the expense of being persecuted, at the expense of being imprisoned, they still decided, I'm going to do it God's way. Okay. Again, if anybody can do it, we all can. We love a, a, a Hebrew 11 chapter, and we talk about all of our uh, uh, historical patriarchs, and, and we love going down to the account of, of all of them, uh, how this one did this uh, and pleased God, uh, and this one did that and pleased God. Uh, Moses choosing rather to suffer the afflictions of the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. How uh, different ones, uh, you know, please God, and, and all of that is good. 
But I want you to understand something. If they did it, why can't we? Come on. When we look at them, and, and, it, and, and sometimes I want you to read throughout the 11th chapter of Hebrew. Because we'll go through those names that we know. But after they get past those names that we know, then the Bible said, what shall we say more? <laughs> he said, about those that gave up their children for the sake of Christ, were burned, were drawn and quartered, were desolate in dry places, all because they chose to please God. Okay. All to the point that it says now, when you look at these folk, it, he said, the world is not even worthy of them because they decided that they were going to please God. Look at the Hebrew boys. <laughs> We love to tell the story about the Hebrew boys and how they decided that even in the midst of possible death, so we're not going to bow. So we will not bow. We know you've sent out a decree that when the music sounds and everybody is to bow down and worship this idol God. But we know real God. Look at somebody and say, I know real God. We are not going to bow down and worship this idol God. They sent out another decree and said, if you don't bow down, the king is going to throw you into the fire of furnace. They said, well, let him do what he will. We still won't bow. That's an extreme situation. But I wonder how many of us in our walk with God today when we are challenged to give up, amen, our uh, 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 heart and desire for God because of what other folk are doing, uh, we will not accept the challenge. You can do whatever you want. No. I'm going to still serve God. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we're we, we going to go to the boss. Well, go to the boss. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to serve God. Come on. We don't allow folk to back us down as it relates to our walk with God, Sean. We will not bow. Abraham was another one. <laughs> the Bible says Abraham believed God. Lift your hands if you would say, I believe God. Okay. That's more than just mere words now. Because when we look at the life of Abraham, Abraham obtained a testimony that the Bible says in Romans, the fourth chapter said, Abraham believed in hope against hope. In other words, when everything in Abraham's life was going against the grain and against what he was really hoping for. 
Abraham still believed God. Come on. Anybody ever in your life had something that you were believing God for? Maybe God might have spoken it and you were believing God for it, but it seems like everything that's happening in your life currently is going against the grain of what you believe in God for. Come on. Abraham did not let that deter his faith. The Bible said Abraham believed in hope against hope. In other words, the Bible says that Abraham got to the place in his walk with God that he no longer staggered at the promises of God. In other words, what God says, I believe it. Some of you, there are promises that God has spoken over your lives and circumstances are trying to get you to move to a place of doubt. But God said, believe me. If Abraham could do it, you can. Come on. Don't allow your circumstances to determine in your heart what God can and cannot do. God may even take you to the place that he did with Abraham. Listen, you take the very thing that I promised you and offer it back up to me. This was Abraham's promise. Because God said, offer it to me. Abraham said, I still believe you, God. If that's what you want, here. Here's my son, the one that you promised me. God said, believe me, he shook about Believe the Lord your God, and you so shall you what? Prosper. Mm. I'm going to finish this. My scripture text on today, this is where I really want to go. All of those were just preliminaries. A scripture text in Luke, the 10th chapter. We find the story of the good Samaritan. And as the story read, there was a man that left Jerusalem and on his way to Jericho, but he was overcome by some thieves and robbers who robbed him, beat him up, and left him for dead. But the Bible says that the priest and the Levite came, looked on him, and walked on the other side. Now, they were on the same side he was on, saw him, and walked on the other side. But then there was a, leave, a, 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 a Samaritan that came by, and when he came and looked on him. <laughs> this is what I want you to see here. The Bible says he was moved with compassion. Mm. Mm. That's what I want you to look at today. Unlike the Levite and the priest, church folk, the ones that you would really think that ought to have been the ones to stop. 
Okay. There was possibly, the Bible didn't say anything about whether the Samaritan was a church goer or not. It said a Samaritan. Come on. Was moved with what? Compassion. Hmm. Now we look at all of the things that he did. He saw him. He bounded him up. And put him on his beast. Took him into this town. Placed him in a room. Amen. Gave the caretaker of the hotel money. And told him that if it costs anything else. I will give it to you when I come back. Now all of those were good. But I want you to look at the foundation. Of what that man did. The Bible said he was moved with what? Compassion. How many want to please God? How many want to? I done lost all my hands. How many, how many still want to please God? Okay. I want you to look at this now because I, and I got to get finish this scene in 15 minutes. The whole story here was told from the perspective of this lawyer that was trying to trick Jesus and asking him, what is the great commandment? And Jesus told him, love the Lord thy God in all our heart and all our soul, all our might, love thy neighbor as thyself. And said, on these two commandments hinges the whole law of God. In other words, everything that God desires out of your life as a believer hinges on these words, love God and love people, okay? If you want to please God, okay? Now, let me, I can, I can go back to what I shared earlier uh, 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 with, with, with forgiveness and, and patience and all of those things. All of them comes from a heart that love God, okay? But I'm not going to do that. Now, what I want us to see here now, he said, now, love you. And then now, he told them a story. Show you how you how to please God. And he told him about all of the things that this man had done. But before that, he said he had a heart of what? Compassion. Before you do anything in your walk with God, you need to ask God, God, give me a heart of compassion. Give me a heart, God, that is moved uh, 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 to relieve the pain and the suffering of someone else. When we talk about compassion, I, I, because I want us to see here now, we can look at what he did, but if you didn't have that heart, if anybody ever, you, you, you started doing something because you saw a need but after a while, you figure, well, no, wait a minute, this is just too much, you, you, you know. No. So your heart of compassion moves until the problem is solved. Let me go ahead. Compassion will make you go beyond yourself to help someone in need. Compassion is... To be moved with a heart to relieve someone else of their burden, misery, or pain. Compassion is an outward expression of active love 
towards something or someone else being compelled to take action when we see a need. Compassion is love in action. Okay. Compassion is the firstborn child of love. If we were to say love gave birth to children, compassion is a firstborn child. That heart, to relieve the pain and the suffering of someone else. That desire or that willingness to go beyond myself in order to help somebody else. You want to please God? Let me show you something. If I want to please God in my walk with God, I've got to get to the place that God is not about me, but it's about what you want to do through me to touch others' lives. When Jesus was gathering his disciples together and he said, I follow me, I'm going to make you what? Fishers of men. I'm, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to train you all how to reach souls. I'm going to train you all how to touch other folks' lives. But then he stopped doing the journey one time. He said, now listen, wait a minute. I want you to understand something. If any man is to follow me and be my disciples, he got to first of all do what? Deny himself. Come on. In other words, what he said now, if you want to really do what I do, if you want to really be able to touch folks' lives and please the Father like my heart, because Jesus said my will is to do my desire, my meat is to do the will of my Father. He came for no other reason than to please the Father. He said, first of all, you got to do what? Deny yourself. It's not about you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not about you. It's about what God wants to do through you to touch somebody else's life. And until we get that heart of compassion, we will not uh, uh, put ourselves in a position to please God. We want God to please us. Come on. But I... Uh, God, if, if there's anything that will cause me to come out of my comfort zone, then God, you know, I'll just stay here and just, you know, I'll manage. Come on. That priest and that Levite, they were taken out of their comfort zone. They did not have compassion. They had all of the church antics. They had all of the titles. But no compassion. <laughs> you know what passion, compassion does? Compassion puts hand and feet to your emotions. <laughs> you ever say something like, oh, you know what? Oh, Lord, you know, I, I feel so bad about what they're going through. I feel so. Now, listen, I understand. Everybody you can't help, you know, because of whatever circumstances. But I'm, I want you, I'm saying this to make a point. You ever say, oh, you know, oh, I feel so bad about compassion will cause you not just to say something, but get up and do. Come on. 
It puts hand and feet to your emotions. You know what the word of God says in John, 1 John, the third chapter? Put that up on the screen for me in the amplified version. 1 John, the third chapter and the 18th verse. I want you to see here. 1 John 3.18, amplified, okay, 3.18, okay, good, good. Listen to what John said. Now, if you notice John, John was a love man. John, John, John was a, a love man. He always taught about love. Loving God. God is love. He that loveth love is born of God. He that loveth not does not know God. John, John always talked about loving. My little children love God. Love one another. All of these things. You understand? But listen to what he said here in First John the third chapter. He said, Little children, believers, dear ones. He was very courteous. God. Let us not love merely in theory with words or with tongue giving lip service to compassion. <laughs> okay. Listen to what it said. Let us, let us not love merely in theory, with words or with tongue, giving lip service to compassion, but in what? Action and in truth, in practice and in sincerity, because Practical acts of love are more than what? Words. <laughs> okay. Oh, we love in theory. Oh, oh, oh I love it. Oh, oh I, I love is it, is it? Let us not love in theory, words, and tongue. You know, we can say a whole lot. Until the situation come. I could imagine those, like the priests and the Levites that were left out of the temple. They were probably in the temple saying, oh, I love Jesus. I love God. And, you know, oh, we love the people of God and all of that. Come on. Well, when the opportunity came to put those words into action. Come on. Somebody did it, though. Come on. But do it in word and in action. David Wilkerson, I don't know if you've ever heard of the man David Wilkerson. He's one of my, one of my favorite ministers. And the reason why I say that because when I first got saved, this was one of the ministers that I, I, I read about his life and it really challenged me. He was an evangelist from Pennsylvania in the early 60s, the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, during the time in New York City where there were gangs, you had the Crips, you had the Blood, you had the Egyptians, you had all of these gangs that sprung up in uh, 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 New York City, and there was just killing back and forth. And, and we heard, I heard about it here in South Carolina, you know, all of the gang wars and everything that was going on. And David Wilkerson, an evangelist in Pennsylvania, heard about it. And he heard about how uh, 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 they had caught uh, some of the gang members because of the killings and whatever. And they were in court. And David Wilkerson left Pennsylvania and went to New York. And he sat in a court session. And while the judge was 
getting ready to pass sentence on these gang members, David Wilkinson stood up and said, can I, can I say something? I, I want to say something to these young men. The judge looked at him and said, you foolish. Get out of here. So they put him out of court. David Wilkerson was so moved with compassion for these men. The Bible said he left the court and went out into the street of New York City where the gangs gather. And he began to minister and deal with these gang members. And now I want you to see something here because this was not play. This was real live killing. And he began to minister to these gang members. Some of you may have heard of Nikki Cruz. You know, you may have heard of Tom Skinner. These are, these are two persons that I know, uh, gang leaders. Nikki Cruz was, I think, one of the gang leaders of the Egyptian group. Uh, Tom Skinner, I think, was the leader uh, of the blood group. And he out there ministered with his own life in jeopardy, he will go to these gang members and, and begin to minister to them. And as a result of him ministering to these gang members, uh, they began to give their lives over to the Lord. And, and Nicky Cruz, one of the leaders, he gave his life over to the Lord. Tom, Tom Skinner, one of the members, leaders of the other group, gave his life over to the Lord. Uh, Nicky Cruz, I, I don't know if he's still alive, he began to go across the nation and the world ministering to souls. Uh, started, uh, not Nicky Cruz, but uh, David Wilkerson started what we know today as Teen Challenge. Why? Because he had compassion. He didn't just hear about it. You know how, we, how sometimes we hear about what's going on? So, oh, God, my things are so bad. But how many of us are moved to the point and say, God, what can I do? He got up, left his home in Pennsylvania, went to New York and put his life family in jeopardy to touch somebody else's lives. Matthew 28 and 19 says this. Go ye into what all the world and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded thee and lo I am with you always to the end of the world. And we have labeled that as the Great Commission, Brother Glenn. That's the Great Commission. In other words, that is the commission that God had given to the church. Okay. Go into all the world. We will never go into the world until we allow compassion to be birthed in our hearts. And we're sitting up here saying, God, what you going to do for me next? God, I don't like the way this one looks at me. I, I, I don't really, you know, feel too keen about Michelle. Come on. And we're sitting up here with all of those things in our hearts. We will never be moved with compassion to go to the world. God is calling us, Brother Kofi, to go to the world. Come on. 
we look at the news and we hear about all of the things that are happening, uh, amen, around the nation and around the world. And all we are getting, we'll begin to talk among each other and say, oh, my God, you see what's happening? Oh, Lord, just, but I wonder how many of us are moved with compassion to God. What can I do? Your world may not be going to New York. Your world may not be going to Jamaica or Ghana or Africa. Your world may just be going to the mall and allowing God to use you to touch somebody's heart. You ever wake up in the morning and say, God, who can I touch today? Whose life can I touch today? Go into all the world. There are souls out there that are hurting. You despise. You, we, we, we read about, we heard about this young lady last week uh, that went to the school and killed uh, uh, six people. There was something going on in her heart before she took that gun and pointed it. Come on. I wonder how many believers that crossed her path that God may have said, I want somebody to touch her, but I got to go to church. I gotta, I gotta. She's hurting. Something to happening in her, and I see the enemy doing something. You, 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 will you go over here and, and, and but, but, uh, who knows where the next one is come on you're in the store the supermarket the grocery store may be your world come on somebody in the line I heard somebody say this and I'm going to use it God may want to interrupt your plan to touch somebody's life. But if you don't have compassion in your heart, you will never allow God to interrupt you. But God, I came to the store to get me some chicken so I can go home and I can cook. But God said, you see somebody in the line that is really, you, you can tell something ain't, something ain't right. I, I got to hurry and get back home. because. But can God interrupt our plans? To touch somebody? Come on. God, you, 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 come on. Your world may be your job. Somebody on your job that is obnoxious. Everybody else stays away from him. Oh, she is just, oh, she's just. Ugh, I don't. Ugh, I don't like her. I don't. Have you ever stopped long enough to say, maybe there's something going on in her life that is driving her or him there? I am the light of the world. Are, are you? Are you? Uh, let me let me ask you a question. Are you the light of the world? Are we the light of the world? I'm going to ask again, are we the light of the world? 
Somebody's in darkness. But will we allow God to interrupt our plan as light agents? To touch somebody's life. God says it's time to go to the world. It's time for us to leave the four walls of this church and go to the world. Come on. Somebody needs what you have. You need to stop and say, God, give me a heart of compassion. I don't just want to have a heart of awareness because we're aware. We can be aware of something without being moved to do anything about it. But God, give me a heart of compassion. I said when I started this message, I said sometime God have taught me, he challenged me. He said, remember when you're preaching, you're not just preaching to others, but you're preaching to yourself also. And I can feel the heart of God. It says, when are we going to go to the world? When are we going to go to the world? God, I want you to bless me. God, I, I need a raise on my child. God, I, I need this. God, I need that. God said, I need you in the mall today because somebody there is planning to commit suicide. Because I, 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 don't, have, I don't have time for that, God. I, I got to make, come on. Isaiah said this, and I'm going to close with this. In Isaiah, the sixth chapter, The Bible said in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. He was high lifted up, and his train did fill the temple and all of those other verses in between that. But then he got to the eighth verse, and Isaiah said, I heard the Lord. How many of you they say, you hear the voice of God. I say, I say, I heard the voice of God. When I looked at what was happening, I heard the voice of God. Hmm. When I looked at the condition of our youth, how many of you can say, I hear the voice of God? Isaiah said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Somebody needs a voice in their lives. Who will I send? Who will go for me? Who will I send down this road, this Jericho road, 
because there's a man down there that had been beaten and left for dead. And God looked into the church and said, who am I going to send? And the priest and the Levite left the church and said, I ain't got time for that. But there was a Samaritan that said, I'll go. I may be going someplace, and that, 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 I want you to understand that Samaritan had an agenda that he was going to. But he didn't mind being interrupted because there was a need. So I'll stop. I'll tend to this man. How many want to please God? If we want to please God, we got to step out of ourselves and move to the place of God. Whatever it is that you want to do in me, with me, and through me, be God, have your way in my life. Compassion looks for opportunities to help look for opportunities to help not look for opportunities to be helped okay compassion looks for opportunities to help we sing the song if I could help somebody as I travel along. If I could cheer somebody with a word or a song. Peter, if I could show somebody that they're traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Not if I can get the house on the hill. Not if I can get that big job. Uh, my living won't be in vain. But if I can help somebody. If I can help somebody and don't have any place to live myself. Uh, then still my living. Will not be in vain. Because that's what God. Wants out of our lives. Stand to your feet everybody. Stand to your feet. I wanted, I wanted to label this message, do ye likewise. To remember that Pastor Carlene already ministered on that lesson. But I want you to incorporate that in your heart today. There are those that are pleasing God, Joyce. There are those, Gary, that are honoring God. There are those that have overcome the very thing that you're struggling with. Do ye likewise? Lift your hands to him, everybody. 
if I were to share an awesome truth to you today, it would be God did not call you just to bless you. He called you so that he can use you to bless somebody else. Father, we thank you today. We thank you, God, that you, as the song said, you took us out of the muck and the mire. God, you saved us and you turned our lives around. We thank you for that, God. Your word said, Lord, God, while we were yet sinners, you died for us. And I thank you, God. But God, as we've looked into your word and peeped into your heart, God, we can see your heart's desire is that after you've saved us, you want to use us to touch somebody else's life. God, we thank you, Lord, that you didn't just turn us away, but you stretched out your arms to every one of us. Now, God, I ask you that every one of us that's present here today would yield ourselves to you so that you can stretch out your arms through us touch somebody else's life. Forgive us, Lord, for being so selfish. Forgive us, Lord, for not caring for the souls of men. I ask you right now, God, that you will stir every one of us here today, those that are online, stir us, God, so that, Lord, we, God, would have compassion in our hearts to go into our worlds and touch somebody's life. Thank you, Lord. Come on, lift those hands and say, thank you, Lord. Say, Lord, I surrender. Come on, say, Lord, I surrender to you, Lord. Help me to love like you want me to love. Thank you, Lord. Come on, put those hands together and give the Lord a praise. Glory to God. Are you blessed today? You may be seated. Doing what pleases God. Doing what please God. If we could only become soul winners, soul winners. You don't hear that phrase much in the church no more. You really, really, to be honest, you don't hear that phrase in the church, soul winners. You, you know, you don't hear that. I wonder if we're going to start embracing that. 
And that's starting with me now. We need to target souls. So God, let 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 somebody come come across my path today, this week, God, that I can minister to them. Soul winning. We need to make soul winning a priority in our lives. Somebody needs us, Lord. Y'all, somebody needs it. This is something that I'm challenging every one of you <clears throat> that are part of this ministry, our Father's house. Let's embrace the challenge to become soul winners. All right? Let's embrace the challenge to become soul winners. Let's tell ourselves, God, if you want to interrupt my plan, to touch somebody's life is okay. You're in the store, God. If you want to interrupt what I'm doing, it's okay. Show me who it is you want me to touch. Amen. Somebody on your job may need a word from God. I love God how can you love God who you don't see and don't love that person that you see that is in need hallelujah Jesus I can't wait till I get to church so we can sing the song oh how I love Jesus how many people you walk past on your way to church Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands to him. And I know I keep doing this, but that's all right. Lift your hands to him and say, Lord, come on, say, Lord, make me a soul winner. Come on. So, Lord, make me a soul winner. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.